doesn't seem to want to go yet. Here we are, we're live, yay! I wasn't sure for a minute because the little circle's going round and round and round. I am joined this morning on the Wise by Wise Why by Sarah Southey, who is incredible. She has caught me when I have fallen. She has picked me up, she has helped me get back on my feet, and she has supported me through some of the well, actually quite a lot of really rough times. So enough about me, because as we always say on the Wise Why, the show is not about me, it is about my guest, Sarah. Over to you. Hi, Kirsty. Thanks for having me on. I've got like goosebumps listening to that. That was really cool. <laughs> you have no idea what you, you, you have that weekend and obviously Friday, uh, but that weekend I really needed someone and you and Caroline were there and wow. That's what I'm going to say as well. Anyway, please tell you me what, what Sometimes that's what it's about though, isn't it? Yeah. We are um, individuals. Nobody knows what is going on in somebody else's life and sometimes being with people that you just feel their energy and that's all you do is, yeah. is reflect and magical things happen <laughs> well they have from the minute I met you there's there's no two ways about it I walked into the nags head in Abingdon bumped into this life force and went I like you and I think you did the same to me and our love of colour and various other things, but also our lives and how they've just kind of gone like that. And I'm sure we've met somewhere before, but it's just absolutely beautiful having you as a friend. Oh, so. that's really nice to hear. Thank you. <laughs> Likewise. I'm... I know. Right. We need to go on to the business side because otherwise right. we're just these two people talking about how great we are. Yeah, um, we're awesome. That's what I, I do, though, Kirsty. That is why I do what I do. Because, it is. Um, so as a personal trainer, people put me in the personal trainer box. And most people who come to see me, whether it be clients or um, people who just read, you know, feel that energy, they, they come because they've got some kind of goal. But actually, what's going on underneath the surface is so much more and can affect their lives so much more. So what I do is I do the whole helping people thrive and be happy, but it's always driven by the individual. So somebody comes in the shed, my shed of strength, named by a client. <laughs> uh, she said, you can't keep talking about it like it's just a shed. It's a magical place, which it is. So Shed of Strength, SOS for short, which is quite amusing. Um, and we deal with the physical side of things, obviously, but also the mental and the emotional side because you can't separate them all out and just deal with the one. So if you want a healthy and happy life and doing the fun stuff and stuff that really floats your boat and drives you, you've got to deal with all of it. Oh, I should have checked. I'm not not meant to swear am I <laughs> do you know what all I have to do is put on um YouTube and on LinkedIn that there it contains a swear word so please so do not worry we're, we're okay <laughs> we're okay I have had far worse than that on the wise wise so please okay. don't worry. I'm just checking I'm sure you know, I'm moderate you, yeah no, no no what you were just saying there's really true because when you're out of alignment and I've had as everyone knows this year has been particularly tough on a personal level for me it's not been tough on a 
professional level. In fact, the business has gone like that. But personally, it's been really challenging on a lot of levels. And that juxtaposition was really difficult for me to deal with. And you caught me. That's what I mean by you were there. I didn't realise how out of alignment I was probably until Friday but now I do um I'm gonna laugh on that one forever but that's really key isn't it it's about balancing because you know you you're going, going to get injured surely if you are out of alignment you're carrying the weight of the world your personal and your professional and it's out of alignment surely people get injured or I, I'm not a personal trainer so I've got no idea anything that affects you mentally physically or emotionally can cause injury and is amazing actually the brain is such a complicated thing that if you've got stuff going on in your head it can manifest physically so it might not actually be a physical injury per se but it can be the cause can be from the brain i mean let's face it the brain is a physical thing we yeah. always think about mental health and those as it being like a a separate thing but actually our brain is a physical organ so yeah. it really I started doing what I do because of my journey and because there was nobody there to help me to catch me when I was going through it so I guess it might be useful to kind of since it's the wise why why <laughs> do I do what I do I think that would be great because <laughs> so a little uh, long story cut short, hopefully, is I had um, a really successful career in coaching in corporate way back when, in my 20s. And I gave all that up. We moved to America with my husband's job. And I wasn't allowed to work over there. So my mental health suffered quite badly I mean let's face it anybody watching Jerry Springer back to back has got a little bit of a problem and while we were over there we were over there five years I had two children and two miscarriages and I was on my own so while hubby was working I was basically doing all this stuff and coping and I like to call it like functioning depression as in nobody knew anybody meeting me would see this person that can cope and did stuff and all of that kind of stuff. So we moved back after five years. I had a two and a half year old and a four month old. And the decision was made under discussion between the two of us that I would stay at home and look after the children because A, couldn't afford to do my job and pay childcare, and B, if anybody's gonna screw up my kids, it was gonna be me, right? So it seemed like a logical choice to make. However, I wasn't a natural, and what I found over the course of the next 10 years is I lost myself completely. And I got so bad that I thought I was failing life. And, I got really bad depression, really bad anxiety, so much so that I couldn't literally, the only time I left the house was to take the kids places. This functioning bit was really important. Don't let anybody know. And to cut a long story short, even shorter, I got to a point um, where 
there was a fork in the road and I could see that if I took this path, it wasn't going to end well. And I didn't know what this path meant, but I needed to choose it because this one was not going, you know, it's dead end. Let's just leave it there. And I remember looking for somebody to help me get me out of this pit. And I, and I'm quite a feisty bird. And even through all the depression, I was still quite feisty. I don't like being told what to do. Yeah. And uh, so I looked for somebody that was going to support me doing it my way. And I couldn't find anybody. I mean, I remember Googling, you know, all sorts of solutions and I couldn't find the thing. So over the next eight years, I did it myself. And it was a really rough, hard journey. I mean, physically, I literally targeted myself each day to walk to the next lamppost. That was all I was capable of doing. Mentally, just resolving to find one glimmer of hope every day that I could hold on to in positivity. So I took my time and I got to the point about eight years after the fork in the road moment when I realized that actually I'd found myself again, I was in a really great place and I was now in the position to be the person that I'd been looking for eight years ago. And within 24 hours, I was a garden designer then, random. Um, within 24 hours, I'd given my, literally just given my garden design business to a close friend who is also a garden designer and set up the Southey Way. And the Southey Way is called the Southey Way because I did it my way and I help other people do it their way. Because at the end of the day, we're all individuals. There is no cookie cutter approach to our happiness. We've got to take the responsibility and we've got to drive it, but it doesn't mean we have to do it alone. And that is my purpose in life is to help people do it their way so that they get to live this amazing life <laughs> rather than just staying in this little box, a comfort zone um, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're happy. Just, you know, as soon as you lift the lid just a little mm. bit on that box, you realise your own potential, your ability to just go out and do fun stuff, which surely is what it's all about. It, it is. And thank you for sharing that, because that is actually why we became firm friends, because we both did it our way. You know, I remember packing up my car in Edinburgh and just driving and I had no idea. And I remember coming back home to my parents and saying, you know, trying to be a daughter and not knowing how to be a daughter again after so many years away. And trying to fit into a hole and fit in that box and lifting that lid and then moving to London and running multiple jobs and then coming all the way back. And then somewhere along the line, like you, I found myself and then I met my beautiful husband and that, and life has been completely different. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and that I remember sitting in your garden and us going, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh my goodness. We've got to go. We've got clients. Oh, we've got to hang out. We've got to hang out more because that road that we've both walked on is really lonely and I, and as we all know there are points where you get 
you suddenly get a memory that comes up and it's it's and that's where you've caught me quite a few times where one of those has come to the surface and it's like whoa and and you are was well, the what the the word that people use now is triggered but you've been triggered and thank you for catching me and that is something I will say is Sarah catches you and it is important and I can't wait to have the money to come to your shed <laughs> Although, can we talk about your chair that I'm not allowed to sit in? <laughs> the chair that I am currently sat in, otherwise I would be able to show it to you, um, is a really comfy little armchair, which is a really random thing to have in a gym. It's, for most people, it's like having a hug. So when we do chats, you know, sometimes people come into the shed and I might have written something on the board to do physically, you know, the exercise piece of uh, the Southern Way. And sometimes I watch people walk up the path and I go, yeah, we're in the chair today. And the chair is a place where people can feel in their own space, safe, supported, um, hugged. Hugs are very important. And um, be allowed to just be in their own mind and let some of that stuff that sits spinning in your head, let it out. And that's often where the magic happens. I'm not a counsellor. You know, I'm not a therapist. Most of the time, people need to have space. You know, there's nothing wrong with us. Life just happens. And the more we live in our own heads and don't let it out, whatever way that works for you, the more um, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. It turns into a whirlwind. Yeah, so the chair is a really special place for most people. <laughs> and it will be. It's just obviously not your time to sit in the chair yet. Chris. Obviously not. But that's okay. I quite like the fact that when it's my time, and, and that's that's very much how I live my life, you know, when it's my time, it will happen. Um, I just love, I love the fact that everyone else can sit in it, but it tells me to get out, which I just think is hysterical. And what is this? One person, the only person that's gone to sit in the chair and it's ejected. <laughs> you were forcibly ejected, weren't you? But I you was physically. It's a real symbol because only you can make change. Yeah. Only one person can make the change, and that is us as an individual. And no matter how much you see out there, until you're ready to just do the one step, then don't beat yourself up about it. Don't, yeah. you know, force a change because it will never be as successful as when you're ready. And you know what? Our, our guts, our minds have a way of telling us we just need to be able to listen and I'm probably as feisty as you are. So it's probably like, oh, no, you're telling me to do something. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. So it's probably an awful lot to do with that feisty survival because, you know, that functioning depression, I know it. You know, I mm -hmm. really know it. And and I'm sure many of the listeners today are currently going, absolutely, I know that functioning. Because as mums, it's not, it's not easy. I'm just going to touch on it for a minute because Christmas is coming and I don't know about any other mums who are out there. But right now, you know, you're juggling. So, oh, you're juggling so much. I mean, I mean, Elf on the Shelf has got to move. And then I've got to make sure that the food is right for hubby, but also for her because she'll only eat beige at the moment with a bit of tomato. And you're like going, you know, 
the Christmas cake that I would normally decorate is going to be decorated in stages so she can do bits because she's got to come into it because she's six. So you're juggling and juggling and juggling. You get to Christmas Day and you're like, I just want to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, but it's everyone. Yeah. So this year has been probably one of the most challenging years because during the two years of the lockdowns, et cetera, everybody put everything on, had to put everything on pause. It was such an extreme situation, physically, emotionally, mentally. And then it was almost like a release this year. And and everybody seems to have gone out of the, of the blocks and gone, right, now I've got to do this. Now I've got to do that. Now I've got to get the business up. I've got to get the house sorted. I've got to see all those friends that I haven't seen in years. I mean, the accumulation of all of that means that come this time, everybody's exhausted and yet still trying to do. And one of the things that when you look at the world, the pressure is to always be on it, always be doing, always be moving forward. And actually one of the biggest gifts we can give to ourselves and those around us is the gift of time and space mm -hmm. and taking the breathing time so that you can then choose rather than react. And I think that, whether you're male, female, kids, no kids, I mean, I've got an old dog at the minute that is causing quite a lot of extra stress in my life. Mm. Um, she's, she's, she's fine. She's just old. You know, she's riddled with cancer, blind, deaf. You know, <laughs> she's got doggy Alzheimer's. So it basically means every time we need to get her outside, it takes about 15 minutes with the door open. So we are heating the whole of Milton at the minute. But when you're in a rush, that's less easy to do, right? Yeah. So you breathe. There's nothing. I can't change that. So I stand there and I do my breathing and I calm and I take this moment. Okay, this is just a moment while Molly's trying to get out of the house. It's five minutes for me. Here we go. And you can choose then how you cope with that stress. And I think that is something when we're busy, we forget. Yeah, I love that. I love that we can choose. And I think people forget that. You get stuck. And you were talking earlier about being at a crossroads. We've, I've been there. And you choose. I remember sitting at the crossroads. There were three roads in front of me. And I didn't know which one to take. And I sat in that space for about two years just breathing. Now, the road I was on was really uncomfortable. It was rocky. Um, I was feeling marginalised, not listened to on a lot of different levels. But I still had to sit in that space and breathe. And I said it was about two years. And then <laughs> a big, crazy volcano erupted in my life, which then catapulted me onto a different road that I wasn't expecting. And mm. then it threw me onto the central road. So as I said, it was a bit of a big thing three years ago. And then I'm on the path I should be. But it was a bit like a big volcano and jump and a jump. And then, oh, I'm supposed to be here. And hence why I now run my business. But if I hadn't taken that two years to breathe, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't yeah. be doing what I'm doing. And so if anyone is listening, there is that point. I was talking to somebody uh, last night, actually, and I was saying, what about you? You're doing all of this and you're looking after them and you're, you're supporting them. Where are you? And people forget to refill their cup, don't they? Absolutely. And that is the magic of the Southern Way. Because each week, there is a space that you can come for an hour 
to reset, to spend however you want it to look. That's what we do in the shed. It's it's a safe space where you don't have to air everything. You could just pick one thing that is just really bothering you at the minute. And you're allowed, you can give yourself permission to just let go, to just allow the feelings to happen. Because I think one of the things in our busy lives is that we feel like we shouldn't feel any of the negative stuff. I'm very proud of myself for not swearing there. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> to, um, because we're all like, yeah, it's, we've got to be happy. And, you know, it's about thriving. And absolutely, life is for living. But it's a big sphere. And some of that sphere is full of anger and frustration and depression and hate and mm. all these very different emotions that are just as valid as happiness and contentment and all of the good feelings. But you don't get to have just the good feelings. The, it, this sphere, it's really important to acknowledge that this sphere is there to help you cope with stuff. So when you feel anger or frustration, sit with it. It's really important not to squash it down. It's really important to be in a space of your choosing, whether it's in my shed or elsewhere, <laughs> but find that safe space and allow these feelings to process, to just go through you because it'll teach you something. You'll learn, you know, where your next step towards the happy feeling is going to come from. And if you are jumping roads, you know, you talked about three, <laughs> the one that you're on might make you happy right now, but roads have the ability to evolve and change direction. And you can go off the beaten track into the undergrowth and see what's there. And if you like it, you can beat a path that way. And if you don't, you can always come back. And I think it's really important to look at all the feelings that you feel and allow them to be, because it's not just about being happy, it's about being a complete person. Brilliant. Honestly, brilliant and wise words. I am doing exactly the same thing currently with our daughter. So I'm really pleased. You've just made me feel like I'm actually an okay mum. So you are okay, because um, she's uh, still alive. She's not angry. <laughs> she's got a roof over her head. And do you know what? All these sphere of feelings that we feel, it's really important that our kids see them and recognise that us as parents are not perfect individuals. You're allowed to lose your temper with your kids. Uh, so we've got what a really do afterwards that makes the difference. If you can go back to your child and go, look, I, I, I overreacted. I'm very sorry. However, the underlying point was this. That is a great learning thing for children. And you know, we, we can tell them until we're blue in the face what they should and shouldn't do. But actually, what they learn is what they see. 
So I've got a funny story for you, just because it's the perfect time to bring it in. So when um, B gets all hyper and uh, she gets a bit sort of, her energy goes out and we say there's a Dan Hughes technique, which is your brain is up here and just bring it down. So I was having, it's about a year and a half ago, I was having a very bad summer holiday. In fact, it was when she was in reception year. So um, a really bad summer holiday. I felt overwhelmed. I felt that I didn't know where I was. The I was trying to juggle too many balls and I lost my temper in beautiful style. And she came running up the stairs and she went, mummy. <laughs> I'll tell you, I, as I slid down the wall, I felt humbled, uh, but grateful that my daughter could do that to me. Cause it I'm was really proud. I was so proud, but it was exactly what I needed to see because it was that visual thing of, just breathe. And I'm so pleased you shared the talking about the negative, I won't swear, but the negative feelings that they are valid and they're important. So I want to talk about if it's okay about the starfish because you inspired me to actually go and buy a starfish for someone. So, um, so my purpose being this whole helping people to help themselves, um, I was doing a talk uh, about two years after I started the Southern Way. There was about 30 people. Um, I love, as you can probably tell, doing talks. And <laughs> I do get an awful lot of engagement. People, you know, I'm a bit Marmite. People are either going to love me or hate me, but they definitely feel something. And I, I remember being stood at the front of this big, long table and we'd had a bit of banter and I got into my story, my why, which you've already heard this morning. And it all went really quiet. And in, in my head, while I'm still talking, I'm thinking, oh, they're all really quiet. Maybe they're hating it. And the little bit of self-doubt starts kicking in. And I'm like, well, we had a bit of banter, so they're not hating me. They're, they're just, either that or they're just re really listening intently. I'll wait and see what happens after I finish the talk. And I carry on. And after I finish the talk, there's a queue of people waiting to talk to me. I'm like, oh, I guess I was all right then. And I noticed this one lady who keeps moving herself to the end of the queue and I'm like, mm, that's curious. So I'm chatting to these people one at a time. People are, you know, just being really grateful because I'm quite open about my story and la la la. Um, and it really resonates with people. Anyway, I keep watching this lady. And eventually, after about an hour, she gets, she's last person standing and she gets to see me. And she thanked me for sharing my story and said that it resonated. And, you know, for me, that is, that is truly a precious gift. But then she said to me, I know why you wear the starfish. And I've worn this starfish for, oh, about 14 years because my kids bought it for my birthday. It was the first present they ever chose and bought for me. So I've worn it every day ever since. And I, I know that story, but there's no way she could have known that story. So <laughs> I said, oh, really? Why, why do I wear the starfish? Um, and she said, I'll send you the poem so I'm right okay so by the time I get back home there's an email from her in my inbox with the poem and it's a story 
about a storm and after the storm. And there's this little boy um, on the beach, miles and miles of beach, and washed up are hundreds and hundreds of starfish. And he's picking up a starfish and he's placing it back into the water, picking up another starfish and placing it back into the water. And this elderly gent comes up to him and says, why are you doing what you're doing? Look, there's hundreds of them. You can't save them all. And he picks up, the little boy picks up another starfish and he puts it back into the water. And he said, yes, but I helped that one. And as soon as I read that poem, I knew it had to be my brand because that's exactly what I do. I help people one person at a time. And you know what? The ripples that go out from each and every person are immense. Once one person is valuing themselves, looking after themselves, living their life to their full, they can then help so many more people. So in my own little way, I'm changing the world one person at a time. And that's why it's a starfish. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't tell you I was going to ask you that, but I so wanted you to share it because it, it ins- when I, I, you told me and then I saw it on LinkedIn and went, oh my goodness, I really need to read that. And I know people need to hear that story because we forget. So thank you. So I'm going to ask you, who has inspired you? Who has inspired me? Yeah. My children. Absolutely my children. Part of my story um, and my purpose, when I was going through those black 10 years, I would look at my children and they were my why. They were what kept me going. But I noticed that they were spending more and more time in their rooms. They were spending more and more time not socialising with friends, not going out. And it wasn't until... I started to get my act together, again, no swearing, very proud, um, <laughs> that they, I noticed their behaviour change. And it really was whatever I did, whatever ownership I took for my actions, I could literally see reflected in my children. And for me... They inspire me because they are such children are such they're not children anymore, they're 21 and 19, but they'll always be my babies. And people, but especially children, are such sponges and they absorb so much that they don't know what to do with half the time. So as individuals and as a parent, I believe it's my role, my job, my my driver, my whole responsibility to give them as many tools as I can to help them be well-balanced, independent, empathetic, considerate human beings. And again, that is why I do what I do, because my kids are my absolute just delight. I mean, they annoy the crap out of me sometimes. (laughs) Most of the time, I'm really properly proud of them. I'd say you should be. So I'm going to ask you, because I know you've done, we've got some lovely, amazing comments this morning. So I will come on to those in a minute. But I wanted to touch on you do an awful lot of stuff for charity, don't you? Well, I'm not sure that I am 
um, I am very connected with the, the whole mental health thing because of the journey that I've been on. When I set up the Southey Way, I did a whole series of road shows called Lift Your Mind with the connection between the physical and the mental. Um, I, I do what I can. I wouldn't consider myself a, you know, big charity person, but I support a lot of people who do do that. And I think that is my contribution. I have to be very careful about where my energy goes because I have to give so much in the shed. But that is a way that I can give back. So, for instance, there has been more than one occasion where I've um, taken a, a somebody into the Southey Way that can't afford it or they need the space. And you, you never know what's going to happen when you do that. My mum my and dad, they run, a, um, they run a charity that they set up for refugees. Um, I remember growing up that we had the Vietnamese boat people, as they were called, um, in our house when I was, you know, like knee high to a grasshopper. And so they've always done this stuff. And when um, it was, I think it was 2016 or something, they set up this charity and it's the most amazing charity. And I remember having this conversation with my mum and she said, you know, it's really hard work. And I'm like, I really wish I could help more, but you know, I'm up to my eyeballs. And she said, no, but we can. So, so long as you're supporting us, we can carry on doing what we're doing. And that's kind of my approach, is you never know the impact that one gesture is going to have on somebody's life. And that's wow. what I do. I wouldn't say yeah. that I'm really a charity, you know, fundraiser no, or anything like that, because no, I'm not great at it. <laughs> so, no, but it is. It's really intriguing. That's amazing, because you are following your parents. It's really wow you, you are an inspiration you really are i'm so glad you're my friend now i'm gonna put my sexy my, my sexy glasses on what, they what are oh, yes um very proud of these because they i bought them out the company so well not out the company but i bought them out of my wages so it's very important I like that. so um it was about me. Exactly the same as mine Yes, I know. It's brilliant. So we've had Kemi join us and she says good morning. Annette has just, she's like, agree with allowing someone or indeed ourselves to have space. Self-care is mega important. And she says, I really love this, Sarah, and so powerful. Uh, Mike joined us and said, love the shed, love the chair. I'm jealous, Mike. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> so I will get in your chair at some point and it won't kick yeah. me out. So this is, this is the moment where the tables turn. As she okay. says, cleaning her glasses, and I'm being very serious now. You get to ask me a question. I've got no idea what it's going to be, and I am not prepared. So with you, who knows me quite well, oh, I'm a little worried here. <laughs> I get to ask you anything about anything. Yeah, pretty much. The only thing I don't talk, there's one subject I don't talk about. Um, but, yes, anything about everything. If it's that subject, I will go, no, I don't talk about that. But anything about anything. If you could change one thing about your life right now what would it be oh really good question and you're going to be surprised by the answer nothing <laughs> absolutely nothing um i am the luckiest most blessed woman in the entire world i am surrounded by love 
by amazing friendships and support. My husband is the most incredible man that I have ever, ever met. My daughter is just stunning and beautiful and growing into the most incredible lady. I have to pinch myself every single morning because I cannot believe how lucky I am to live this life. So I'm going to absolutely say absolutely nothing. I am grateful every single morning to wake up and look at this world and go, how lucky am I? So absolutely nothing. Awesome answer though, right? Yeah. And I can look back to 20 years ago and I can look at it and go, wow, that was a dark place. And I can look at how I crawled out of that hole and how my life has turned around and evolved and where I stand today and go for the first, you know, when I met Dennis, I got rooted in Oxfordshire. How lucky am I to have roots because I didn't have any and how lucky am I to live this life? So, yeah. That's a pretty special thing to be able to say. It's incredible because I didn't have them for so long. You know, every six months, we, my old life was moving. It was recreating. It was desperately looking for validation. And I don't do any of that right now. So, yeah, I'm really lucky. Do you think <laughs> that, um, because I think that's a really rare thing to be able to say, do you think you appreciate it so much more because of the past? Yes, I think when you've been divorced, lost everything, spent what you're not quite homeless because you've got a tent um, and you're living in it. Um, oh, and then you move into a VW camper van because, hey, it's you've done it up and you've managed to buy it for 600 quid. Um, so when you've been where I've been and then you look at life and you go, wow. Yeah, I think if I hadn't seen the stuff I've seen, I wouldn't be so grateful. I wouldn't appreciate what I have because I wouldn't know what it's like to lose everything. And I'm I'm going to put it out there because it is Christmas, but we are only two steps away from being homeless. And that is exactly what happened to me in the millennium was two steps. And I had, yeah, it was two steps. And there I was with a tent. And, and it wasn't necessarily homeless because I had dresses I could use, but I didn't have any roots. So yeah, what I went through in the millennium 22 years ago gives me the gratitude to have what I have now and I've ever shared that (laughs) it also gives you the incentive to live every moment oh completely and utterly and and I do I maybe I shouldn't drink more than that two glasses of wine but anything more than that (laughs) and I have to laugh at myself but, you know, that's also something I learned was, you know, anything over two glasses of wine and I'm in danger territory. <laughs> well, I, I am a firm believer that we make our choices for a reason. Yeah. And sometimes the choices, we don't know why we're making them, but we just, that's our choice that we make. And a lot of people worry that by approaching me, I'm literally going to tell them how to live their lives. And that is so far from the truth um you know they're gonna they they expect me to say you know all right cut the alcohol chicken and rice go and work five times five times a week blah 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 and actually life's 
no, just no. If that's not what floats your boat, that's not going to make you have that feeling that you've just described, then don't do it. Unless it's got a purpose, don't do it. I mean, I literally, the shed is in my back garden and we have a brewery in the front garden. For me to stand up and go, yeah, alcohol is bad. Um, alcohol is a choice. Our culture pushes it, but it's a choice. And we choose to do with it what we want to do with it, right? Some clients <laughs> will come in here and literally pick up their beer on the way out. Which reminds me, I need to pop over, which is a great, great moment to put to, to when it, you, you need to give me your opening hours, drop me a text because I need to pop over for the Christmas for my husband because uh, he really likes the beer. <laughs> Apparently, it's really good beer. <laughs> but I, I don't, I love the smell of beer. I can't drink beer. It just, but I love the smell of it. Mm -hmm. Not the next morning, the, the, yeah, it's, it's, but I do like the smell of beer. Um, but the taste of it, no. But I will have to pop over next week and get uh, a supply for hubby. Well, it's the, uh, it's, the, it's the Love Beer Christmas Fest on the 22nd. Right. So from one o'clock, live music, beer, wrap up warm, come pick up your beer. Okay, I may just... I might try and drag my, my hubby across to you because it is only a walk across the fields. Sarah, what a brilliant, brilliant 40 minutes having a conversation with you. I think we could chat for hours. Well, we do. So everybody, we really do. Um, let's get that drink in and let's get um, a road trip down to Avebury. <laughs> oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. This has been so much fun. Thank you for having me. Oh, I, I, I remember asking you saying, I want you for my last show of the year. So thank you for waiting patiently <laughs> it was worth the wait it really was thank you so much <laughs> no, thank you